right, so this is going to be a dual podcast. So we're here together, as you heard on our introductions here. So I've been coming to the Casual Pint, and I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it. If the sound gain in the background's a little off, we had some technical difficulties, guys. So Justin didn't bring his cord with him. I have, believe it or not, like seven plugs, and none of them fit his computer. So... If it sounds echoed, it's because we're using one mic, so I'm having to yell toward it. Justin's going to be yelling toward it, too. And we decided we're going to do a dual podcast for you. So what goes better, Justin, than having some beers and talking politics and just about life or just <laughs> talking politics and then we're like, hey, we're going to talk about some beers, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think everything right now that is going on, Everything that's kind of out there and you know in it, I think more people need to just have a beer and relax and kind of get all this, get all the garbage out and let's just, you know, purge all that in 2021. Absolutely. And keep in mind, guys, we, we did have a disagreement when you're talking about on a political stance back, way back before us in the form of people didn't agree with what we're doing right now, which is drinking an alcoholic beverage. So prohibition, right? Absolutely. So that's a view that we changed along the way. What are you What are you able to touch on on prohibition and kind of what, why we've come about that and gotten over it back then at that time? Prohibition might have been one of the most uh, most ineffective things that this government's ever put together. Uh, because I'll give you an example: when you go to apples, all the different ciders, wines, uh, different beverages that that were pre-prohibition. There was a different taste because all the all the immigrants that came to this country brought those seeds from Europe, and they had a different taste. If you drink a lot of the European ciders, you, you know, it's, it's, there's a different taste. Ours were changed because we had some very strict, strict rules where people were just burning orchards. Why are we burning orchards? Because it makes alcohol. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, see that I didn't know. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's just insane to me. Because it's a fruit, you can live off of it, and you can be healthy from it. Doesn't everything that makes alcohol doesn't always mean bad? And I think okay. prohibition showed that. Because what did we do? We we criminalized alcohol, and then we had backdoor, you know, speakeasies. Speakeasies. Yep. And the way I look at it is this: you lost all that taxation. So all that money went right back so through. That, well, that, then it came back because we need a tax rate. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Plus, you, you, were, you were funding FBI at that point, which was J. Edgar Hoover and all okay. that. And realistically, they were paying more money for these agents cracking barrels and pouring out liquor and, and all beer and whatever from Canada and other places than saying, you know what, let's just pour some beers and be done with it. Okay. Now, the reason that we got into Prohibition, though, was it because... <clears throat> was alcohol a problem towards families? Was it a problem towards productivity? Was it just that it was an intoxicating substance? I guess that's how I'm looking at Of uh, And I should be educated at this before even talking about it. But the awesome thing about my podcast is if you listen to it, I shoot from the hip quite a bit. So it's not a big thing. But did we get into that because it was intoxicating? Did we get into it because of jobs? Did it, was it tearing families apart? Is that why we justified it? <laughs> that That's a great question. The, the biggest reason that you've seen prohibition came into play is government intervention. It's kind of ironic how things are going yeah. on right now is you had that. 
you had some part of it was religious where people were saying that alcohol was the devil and boo on alcohol and everything going on. Plus, you had the government going, you know what, this may be bad for us. Maybe we should regulate this. We should de make criminalize it because it's not healthy. Realistically, if you go now and if you look at the studies, a beer a day is healthy for you. That's good for your digestion. It's okay. Good. That's good for your ruminants. Okay. Same as a glass of red wine. It's good okay. for your heart. Clear your cholesterol. This, I think what it was was bad decision making with poor information at a time period where people had not that much technology, the way they could look at it. And realistically, I think it was a bunch of people that just didn't like it and boo-hooed on the whole party. Okay. So... That's my personal opinion on it. I mean, that and you've had forms of, you know, all the different uh, forms of, you know, uh, La Cosa Nostra, things like that that were bringing in alcohol. Well, they were probably getting backdoor deals to the government and things like oh, that, absolutely. too. So at that point... Everybody's making money but the poor little guy that well, was just sitting there trying to pour a beer for somebody or who, pour a, a drink. Who wasn't in politics at that time? It was the day before Prohibition. Didn't they They pretty much stockpiled their yeah. own personal. Now, here's where it gets sketchy because I don't know about this. So this is where it gets twisted with me and, and government and everything. So the day before Prohibition... Was it was it legal to was it illegal to possess it? So we're talking like grandfather things. So say that I came in here and go, hey Justin, prohibition's coming back tomorrow. I want to grab two cases of Siberian night. Okay. Now the next day, am I allowed to possess Siberian night? Am I grandfathered in? Is that how it was structured back then? I don't think there was any grandfathering at all. So you was like literally. <laughs> So this politician got it, and then he had a he had a illegal substance. Produced. Absolutely, he but just <laughs> stored it in this little this little basement little cubby hole, okay. like he's preparing for World War One. Okay, <laughs> just, just so there just was an it. exception there yeah. then too. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, and obviously, I, I think we agreed on it. Is the reason it went away wasn't because well we even at the lunacy of it, we're talking about burning down orchards and anything that can create alcohol. I mean, you might as well just did away with water at the same time too. Correct. Because you need that to produce it. Um, you might as well have done away. It, and we're talking about modern times now, guys. So I just want you to go back and kind of look at how we're looking at this. Was you were burning down orchards? Were we doing away with like grain fields at the time too? Because we, you're obviously using grain, malted grains to go ahead and make beer. Well, it's funny you say that because the Dust Bowl was about that time too. Okay. So your grain billet was already being pretty much destroyed. Destroyed. Okay. So you're getting rid of fruit. You've got a whole population that's starving. So there was just this, and it's funny because you think about it now. People talk about like class inaccuracies, you know, where high class and you know the poverty level. That was the epitome of people that had money and people that had the breadline. At that time, because okay. that was during during the depression. Yeah. So, or lead leading through that time of the depression. So it's kind of interesting when you think about that. It's like poor guy who just wanted a beer, but he couldn't. He's standing in line to get a piece of bread and a bowl of soup. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, and I get that, but I guess the side that I'm looking at it is just like in modern times right now. So if you were to look at back then on 
what you needed to produce this stuff. You need a substantial amount of equipment at the time. We're burning down orchards. You know, we weren't taking away equipment at the time. Pots were still legal, so you can use them, obviously, but you can still cook with them, but they can make other substances. Same in, like, kind of today is, and I, I know this is going on your podcast, but on my podcast, I talk about it, turns into the COVID-19 channel. It's to, <laughs> where we're talking about things that are relevant to each side of it, but we can't be dismissive of everything at the same time. So that, that, that's kind of how I look at everything. It's, I'm more of a thinker. So prohibition back then, like I get it, but the funny thing that I guess that I get about it why I came back around, the government went, you know, this could benefit us because if we just allow everyone to do what they want to do, you know, hey, we caused all this havoc. We did all this. We didn't want anybody doing it. People are still doing it anyway. We're going and busting them down and paying people to do it. But man, that's a lot of tax revenue we can go ahead and wrap up. And you know what? I think it's going to be beneficial to us. So why don't we go ahead and do that now? All right, guys, hey, we just decided it's not a good job, but because it's helping us now, the government, it's going to go ahead and be okay. That's kind of how I look at it. I don't hate the government, guys. I want everyone to work collectively. I want everyone to work together to do something. But it's just kind of ironic that we were able to generate tax revenue for it, and now we can do it again. But at the same time, as we sit here and talk back and forth, it's nice to sit down and have a drink, go over something, and have some beers as well, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny when you, when you're thinking of that, the big party that that ended and, and it kind of goes into which is funny with COVID. I was telling I was telling a customer uh, the other day. I said you know that come Memorial Day to, to Labor Day, we're looking at like the Roaring Twenties coming back, and they looked at me like I was kind of misspoken by myself, a little crazy, and I said, you know, the basis of the Roaring Twenties was World War One. And then the Spanish influenza, which led to a decade of partying. Mm -hmm. And then I think the decade of partying, along with... That was a crash, right? Right before the crash was the decade of partying. So literally you had the jazz bars, you had people, there there was an opium uh, epidemic in parts of the country, you know, and of course mostly in the Far East. You had people just indulging like, you know, because guess what? They were probably in their houses for about four years. Think, Think about it. We flipped out for... A year, yeah, four years, four years. I mean, I got little ones. I can only imagine. I love my kids, but four years with my toddlers bouncing around like crazy. And those families, people had like nine people in a house. Oh yeah, huge families. You're probably going nuts. I mean, it makes sense that where why why there was so much going on. Can we do a disclaimer real quick though? Just as I'm sitting here, in no way does Justin's channel or my channel condone. Alcohol for dealing with your problems. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Now, now, we're not saying, hey, guys, you got problems. Go ahead. Get together and drink. You know, that was everything that was going on. And I'm just touching on that on kind of a funny note there, too. It's nothing serious, <laughs> but it seemed like that's where we're going. That You know, hey, your family drives you crazy. Get some drinks. But <laughs> And, hey, maybe you deal with it that way and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's fine. We're, we're not judging you. We're not saying anything there. I mean, I'm sure Justin wants you to come in and have a beer. So I'm here frequently, too. They do an awesome job as well over here. Um, we're rolling it about. I think we're going to continue to go here. We got about four minutes, and then we're going to go ahead and take a break with you guys. But touching on just intervention of everything on when we were looking at was this is a bad idea, this is a good idea. One thing that I want to kind of get moving forward to, and if it's all right with Justin here too, moving into the next segment. As we're recording this right now, and you guys, I, I don't know on Justin's channel when you'll be listening to it, but on my channel, you'll be listening to this as the same day you're hearing it right now. But today on March 7th, 
of 2021, if we are going to go ahead and rewind back to March 7th of 2020, Justin and I were probably sitting here right now having a beer based on our governor's order in our state that right now times would be changed dramatically without even knowing. And, and going back to that, I mean, can you imagine that just like right now where we're at now and then back then on when this was all happening? I remember in, we're in a plaza now and there's Target over there. You remember just people scrambling. You couldn't even go in and get a bottle of bleach or even hand soap. Lysol. I mean, it was just insane. And, you know, it, it was it was like it, it reminded me a lot of watching like Orson Welles, like the end of the world, like everything's going crazy. And that one that tells you how far we've come in a year, in a year, you know, with our technology to where we're at right now, how things are going, you know, people in my mind, I'm hoping people being good people and people helping each other gets us out of this faster, gets us back to where, like you said, our normality comes back in. And I think we're already doing it, though, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the problem is, unfortunately, some people don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look at what I, I give credit to some of these some of these states that are opening up full. I mean, I would love to do that, but as a business owner, you have to respect both sides of the coin. And I know with everything that's going on, until we hit a vaccination level where I know that our governor's happy. And the neighboring state, Pennsylvania, their governor has to be happy at. You got some people that are like, hey, heck with it. Other side's like, nope, I want to wait. Yeah. So, no, and I get that. And, and at the same time, too, back then, when this all started, guys, I mean, I am happy and I'm grateful that it was not as bad as it was projected to be. And I think you can agree with me there, too, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. That, you know, we were we were expecting this to have such a high mortality rate and that, you know, I, that it was just going to be ruins and we were going to be stepping back into here, even here, and it's just be like, if I'm not here. And, guys, keep in mind, there were, there were people that passed away from this, and it, it affects everyone different. So I'm not being disrespectful when I talk about COVID-19. This is my view when I talk about it. Everyone has their own view on it. But – just trying to surround on how far we've come to where we thought it was, that it's nowhere near as bad as we thought it was. We're wrapping up on 15 minutes here. Justin, if you're all right with it, I think we can go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be right back with you. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks. The fourth quarter of the time is now. For the first three, though, we just grind them down. Every man hold his own play up pound for pound. Every Hey everybody, it's Justin uh, with the uh, Life, Laughs, and Loggers, and I'm here with Joe Vittorio from Hammer Time. Always. <laughs> I'm back. We got a great little beer here we're going to talk about. Um, I kind of went out of order last week because I got those two Czech beers that kind of make me go crazy with, uh, with the way they were. So we wanted to go with a little something. I, I usually keep the local, national, and international feel. So 
I went national, I guess, well, Canada's close to being national, but... <laughs> Canada actually is the number one place destined to live. Did you know that? It just overtook the United States. Really? Yeah. Figure I'd touch on that. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. You yep. know what? I'm, I'm going to come out and say it before I even talk about this brewery. <laughs> I've had, and I've got at the store here, um, at least four or five Canadian breweries that I'll put them up against anybody pound for pound. Their beer is outstanding. A lot of it's Ontario, mm-hmm. but I've had some um, some of the Vancouver beers, the BC. They do a great job. Uh, I mean, well, of course, Uni Brew. Uni Brew is always yep. the, the Quebecers. They always do well. Mm-hmm. But this one here is Flying Monkeys. So Flying Monkeys is out of Barrie, Ontario. They've got a lot of big beers. They okay. do some really big beers, some session uh-huh. ones that are really nice, too. This one here is called Tiny Little Blizzards. Okay. Their name's a little crazy, hence the dancing monkey on their logo. This is a 7% double dry hopped with Northern Hemisphere hops, lactose, milkshake IPA. 7%, 42 IBUs. Okay. Go, uh, guys, on my, side of, on my side of the podcast, the guy that I tell you about, this is the guy that I talk about where I get my beer from, okay? <laughs> so we wanted to keep it the same. I say so a lot, but... Going into this, this is what I'm talking about. When I have the beer, this is the guy I get the beer from. Go, go over that style again. He already took a sip. He, see, he didn't even wait. Like I, I'm sitting here, wait. I'm sitting here, and he's he's not even paying attention to me. I'm giving him props, and he's just drinking his beer. So sorry, guys. So what, what style was this again? Because that was like a paragraph of a beer, yeah. just so that I know what I'm drinking here. So it's double dry hopped. So okay. Dry hopping of, of an IPA. So this is an IPA. Oh yeah, yeah. So this it's is, a double dry hopped IPA. Yep. You said something about a milkshake. Yeah, it's a milkshake. So it's done with lactose. Okay. So there's lactose in this IPA. Yep. All it's, the hops are Northern Hemisphere hops. All right. I'm gonna take a sip of mine now. Yeah, since I really, I really jumped in. I'm sorry. It smelled right. so good. We're, we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go hammer time um, structure here. So I'm gonna give you guys a description of this. I didn't get to see the pour of it. What was the pour? What did the head look like on it? Uh, real good retention. I mean, it, it, okay. it held. So what are you looking at? This is like pale gold, all right? And we're drinking it out of more of a, I would say, like a snifter. Yep, pretty absolutely. Much. And this is a pale gold. It's not holding a huge head in this because it poured it pretty close to the top here. Um, aroma on it. It's, it's pretty delicate, actually. I was, it, it has, like, light, light notes of, I don't even want to say tangerine. It's more of, like, a, um, I want to say, like, a mandarin orange is kind of what I get out of it. Uh, I'm going to take a taste of it. It's got some uh, pretty hefty carbonation. Yeah. That's actually, holy cow. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and you, you get, like, the lactose, which is kind of weird. So, it gets, I don't want to say weird. It's pleasant. It has a pretty thin body on it for being a seven percent. If you were to, t- if I would have known the alcohol on that, I'd say it'd be around five, just on the mouthfeel. It has a light mouthfeel to it, but you get this. It's like it's like a nice mandarin orange flavor out of it. You get a little bit of um, I want to say a little bit of pine. I was gonna say pine. And then yeah. this, it, it like shifts into, and that's where the lactose comes in. It's more of like a uh, creamsicle. Yep. Is kind of how I would describe it. And that just lingers on the finish of it. And it, it finishes pretty dry. I mean, that, that's a pretty pleasant beer. It's yeah. for a double dry hot lactose IPA, right? That's yeah, I mean, they, 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 they've, they've termed it milkshake, but I don't even want to call it milkshake on this one. Because yeah. I've seen milkshake IPAs, 
and they literally look like the orange Julius, like he used to get as a kid at at the mall. And everybody, uh-huh. if if you grew up in the '80s and the '90s, you knew what orange Julius was. For you younger ones, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy that beautiful. I used to make that stuff. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm man. saying? Yeah. It was the best. Yeah, I used to make it in a in a Vitamix at my mom's house, and I was like, they taught us that in home ec. Yeah. How yeah. to make it? Yeah. Okay, I got it. So like, that's what a lot of these milkshake IPAs has become is that lactose. So you get that milkiness and those juice hops. This has that pine. So this is a style then. Oh like, yeah. This is literally like a like a category of a beer now. Correct. So milkshake IPA is now like. A category yeah wow it's crazy i mean this is and, and they're not extremely like well, i would say popular they are popular there's not a lot of breweries do it because of sheer cost i mean you're putting probably you know when you're brewing this and and for folks that don't know joe used to homebrew so he knows a lot more probably 10 times more than i do about that that side of the beer so i'm i'm honest um there's probably about 20 pounds of lactose in there per oh holy cow yeah it's yeah, insane that's big money it's big money you're talking about the hops which these well, are probably double all dry hopping's quite a bit of bucks too when you're getting into that stance oh yeah yeah wow that's why you just don't see this that's why i saw that up there. i was like yeah i think this might be the beer <laughs> yeah no that's that's something that's unique and definitely a good one to try it wouldn't be one that i would select and i'm pretty I'm pretty traditional when it comes to craft beer. Now, I've said it to you, Justin. I say it to people too. I was drinking craft beer before craft beer was cool. Yep. Okay, so there was there was like a handful of places around here you would go to, and you take guys there, and they're like, "Man, this stuff's nuts," and you know, I don't know if I like anything here. And then they try it out. They're like, "It's pretty good." And then they turned into what we would call quote at that time was beer snobs, and then. I remember saying to the owner of one of the stores at the time, he said, well, where are you going to be able to go and get this? He said, everywhere. And you were seeing it on taps. It just, I don't know if I can get in trouble for even saying it, but we'll say I have to change it. So we'll go BW4 Mild Wings because we got to watch royalties, yeah, right? absolutely. So <laughs> getting into that, I started seeing stuff on tap over there. And you just saw it like... Um, in another restaurant that closed around here, and once again for royalty reasons, uh, Wednesdays had it on tap as yeah. well too. And it, it's crazy to see on how big this got because now you just go anywhere. I mean, there's there's um, drive-throughs like you can go to a drive-through and they fill growlers. Yep, that's nuts. Yeah, we're canning it. I mean, now the industry because so the it's original a growler. Well, it, ours is a pre-seamed can. Okay. So there's a company that we got this from out. Of, of Colorado. Thank you very much, Colorado. These are awesome. So they're not like the seam crawlers where you actually have to put the seam on and the seam on and spin them. Okay. These are already pre-spun. We fill them, we purge them like we do our crawlers okay. with the air, snap it, and tape it like a regular growler for, per the law, state laws for Ohio and Pennsylvania for travel with, with, with a container. And that's it. And now you can get 16-ounce, 32-ounce, 64 ounce cans the the one thing about this and you noticed you, you like you said you you you're an og in the, in the craft beer game so OG. <laughs> og here's the crazy thing now that you said that that's kind of wild because i've been listening to nothing but like 90s west coast rap <laughs> for the past week but yeah absolutely please continue 
Well, hey, I mean, I'm an easy fan from way back. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so a lot of the expansion, everybody used to use glass. Everyone was was growlers. Yeah. So, listen, growlers are almost a phase out at this point because now really? gr- the glass turned into stainless steel, double-walled stainless steel, similar to your Yetis okay. and then the mirrors and everybody that came out there. Now the can is in because of what we've been through in the last year. It's portable. Like we can, we do four packs on certain beers. Okay. We do three thirty-two ounce cans. I mean, so it's very portable. Okay. One of the things I love about the cans, like if you're an outdoorsy person, and I, in theory, I I was before before kids, but me and my wife would kayak a lot. Okay. And then when we lived in Tennessee, and can't we, take glass, right? No. See, so you, you take yeah. cans. You okay. throw a couple cans in the front of the yeah. in the front of the kayak. When you pull over, crack a beer. You can have a beer on the side. Take a little bag. Be respectful of the earth. Don't litter. Put it back in. Boom. So even you're saying for like vacation purposes too, where it's going to be acceptable on a beach. Okay, well that makes sense. I, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. In the compression. So the big thing I noticed you talk about in beer, and I do too, is head retention. Carbonation, the can gives you that. Then and there's no light. So the biggest thing, the big misnomenclature with with the beer industry over the years was, oh, if you take it from hot to cold, you're gonna skunk the beer. That is not true. That's what I was just gonna say too, and it's not. It's not. It's it's light, and it's not even UVs off just the sun. But it's LEDs too. Yeah. But does does ultimately, and I'm talking extreme. Say that if I were Obviously, if I'm taking, you know, a beer, throwing it, I come in here, it's 95 degrees, and I throw it in my back seat, and I'm hanging out in here for, I'm going to go conservative and say a half hour, (laughs) having a beer, and it's in the back of my car, obviously sitting out in the parking lot, does that damage it? Well, well, and first off, I only appreciate that half hour. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... um, it matters matters a lot of it in the yeast strains too. Okay. Because like I'll give you an example. We've had cans pop off our shelves. Okay. And people will look at me like I'm crazy when I tell this. I said one time I checked to see if I shrapnel that came off of the thing. No it had that much pressure. A lot of the Belgian yeast strains they'll get reactivated with certain Heat. temperature. Yep. So th- there is some truth with that. Okay. Um, but if you're lagering it and you're taking it from like, let's say when you do the beer at like 220, 210 degree boil down to 60 degrees to get it down to get no, make sure there's no diacetyls or anything that goes bad in your beer. Yeah. And you're letting that temper it out and cold crashing it, the yeast should die off. Okay. In, in theory, you know, from brewing. Absolutely. It, it, should, it should die off. But a lot of times, sometimes that maybe maybe a little bit of yeast it didn't, and that's where you'll get those oopsies. Yeah, diacetols, guys. Just in case you don't know what that is, it's actually a chemical that causes a. It's like a corn flavor in a beer. It's an impurity flavor that you get um, when you go ahead and get. It. You can actually taste it. I'm believe it or not, I have a, I have a pretty incredible palate when it does come to things. Even when we talk about beers, where guys make fun of them, and one of the one of the big examples I can get to where you do get that flavor in it is Rolling Rock. So if any of you guys out there have had Rolling Rock, Rolling Rock, I've always said tastes like corn. So it's gonna have it's gonna have a higher chemical composition of that, correct? Yeah, and it's funny you say that. I grew up a county over from where Rolling Rock was brewed. That was our beer, and I say that affectionately. Before they, of course, sold into the InBev uh, merger and it was brewed outside of Latrobe, I can taste that difference. When it was done. 
in Latrobe, you had a lot of streams that were done off of coal mines, and there was a sulfur water taste. That was what the original Rolling Rock had. Okay. Versus now when you're brewing in St. Louis and Cincinnati or wherever InBev's brewing it, they've lost that. They've lost it. And that's why, unfortunately, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bashing Rolling Rock at any means. But um, hey, I, got, I got excited the other day because, believe it or not, I was going to bring you one as a gift and we were going to talk about it, but I didn't think it would be appropriate. I had Bush Light on tap yesterday. <laughs> like, I saw it on the tap handle. I, I kid you not, it, like, made my day. And I always joked about it. I even told my fiance we looked at it, you know, and I saw it. I was like, oh, man, nectar of the gods. <laughs> and it, it was incredible because I never had it on tap. So, yeah, I get excited about Bush Light. I'm not knocking anyone. You guys drink whatever you want to drink. No problem. We can all be friends in that sense. But, you know, thinking of that, but please, yeah, Yeah, yeah. well, 80% 80 of their sales went down when they sold from Western Pennsylvania because we knew what the water was. Yeah. You you touched on it in the previous segment with water, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the prohibition part of it. Water is beer. Water. That's why when you drink a beer, you're actually hydrating yourself. Versus wine, you dehydrate yourself. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. They don't know that. I mean, there's the composition of beer is water. I mean, realistically, 95, 96% of that beer is water. And if you don't notice the taste in it, too, and I'm kind of a water snob, so <clears throat> I won't drink, I don't like Aquafina. I like the taste of Dasani because Dasani has more of a metallic flavor in it. I like Icelandic, which is a higher-end water, and I really like Essentia because it has a super clean taste. And some people don't notice that. That's fine. I'm not knocking, you know, fine-tuned palates or anything. But there, there is a noticeable difference in that. And like Justin's saying, the, the water, when you're looking at any beer that you make, even when I brewed, water is critical. You know, using a regular old tap water, if you have quality tap water, great. If you don't, you're going to notice it. And using the same exact ingredients from batch to batch, using two different waters, will produce two totally different beers. It might even alter the uh, alcohol content, from what I understand, just because of the minerals that are in it. Yeah, minerals right? minerals will eat eat the sugars. I mean, okay. at, at certain points, some some bad minerals will kind of mess with your with your wort and your mal- your malts and everything like that. And I mean, and that's something that yeah, if you're doing a two and a half gallon batch, you're not seeing that. If you're doing a little homebrew batch, you're probably not seeing it that bad. Okay. When you start getting into some bigger batches, like some of our local breweries and some of the the guys that are you know on the scale of like say Fatheads, where now they're huge, just like a fifty eight thousand square foot facility, they literally have two or three people pay to watch the water content. Okay. Because they lose hundreds on thousands. On grain billet because it could be something eating those sugars that changes that beer. Guess what? You know it. I know it. Everybody that enjoys good beer, if that beer does not come out the way we want it, it's getting dumped. Because if you serve that beer, somebody is going to say, you know what? I'll never drink it again. Founders did that recently with a batch of their Blush and Monk. Yep. I remember that. And that, that was an incredible beer. And cool. That was back like in the heyday where it was, I remember pouring that and it was the the color that it would come out was just like the crimson color of it was insane and the aroma of it was insane. And I'm not knocking Founders if anyone from Founders is listening, but that beer hasn't been the same since. No. And and I think. When it came in Bombers, now it comes in like 12 ounce bottles is the last ones that I had. Unfortunately, and I think a lot of you that are out there that are into the craft beer scene, you know that a lot of the expansion 
the bigger batches, the bigger systems. It takes some of these breweries years to dial in to where they used to be. Or they just can't dial it in to where it wasn't the old system. Or the water, they might have moved and the water's different. That's the difference like why I'm such a European fan, I guess, more than a lot of breweries. And I'm not knocking my country. I love what America does. We do some great beer here. Let me first put that disclaimer <laughs> out there. But the Europeans have a very, it's in the culture. You know, I've been to Munich. I've drank the beer in Germany. I've, you know, I get uh, barrels of, I have right on now, we have, um, oh, shoot. Uh, I'm, no, um, Erbacher. Uh, and uh, it's phenomenal on draft. The wheat beer, I'm sorry, Erdinger, I'm losing my mind. That's, it's, a, it's the problem is, is there's so many good beers you forget the names. But Erdinger, okay. their vice beer, I'll put it up against anybody in Germany's because their grains select. You can taste it. Yeah. Uh, Carlsberg, going to go back on the on the minerality. Mm. Carlsberg, water is glacier water, just like Alaskan. And Alaskan, Carlsberg, and then there's a brewery in Norway called Mock, which I actually met a Norwegian guy that came in here and bought Alaskan. That's okay. how I found out about Mock. Okay. But Carlsberg, in my opinion, I know their ad says probably the best lager in the world. I put the probably off of that because of the minerality of that water. You drink it, and it literally tastes like someone's sitting there. There's a Danish guy with a hammer chiseling it off the ice. Nice. It's that clean. And I just, I, we do have some great beers like that in the United States, but just to do it and send it all over the world like they do with the quality control, they have artificial intelligence. They got robots drinking beer in Copenhagen. Oh, wow. There's a commercial. Microsoft's helped them with that. And I saw that, and I was like, plus I'm a Liverpool fan, and they've been sponsoring my club since for the last 30 years. So yeah. I'm, as a diehard Liverpool fan, I'm going to always support Carlsberg, even if, even if I had to bathe in it and it was, and it was, <laughs> and it was a rusty old like, steel river like we, we grew up in, in gotcha. northeast Ohio, western PA. But, yeah. Gotcha. We're going to go ahead and get into a segment here, guys, to go ahead and wrap up. Usually our podcast lasts around, what, about a half hour here. So we're pushing the red line a little bit. But I'm going to put Justin on the spot as I shoot from the hip. Um, most guys don't know that. My stuff sounds pretty formatted over on my channel. But believe it or not, I write down some quick notes and go ahead and move forward here. But it's going to be pretty easy. I'm not going to be brutal on them. It's not going to be politics, anything like that. But it's still going to stay on the beer segment of it. Um, best Imperial stuff you ever had. And then I'm going to respond with the best one I think I've ever had. Oh, man. You really put me on the spot on that one. <laughs> Barrel-aged or just imperial? I don't care. You know, it's um, whatever. Well, I'm... We'll allow barrel-aged. Okay. I think that's pretty much what it's going to be. Well, yeah. Well, there's two. If I okay. go into a non-barrel-aged imperial You style, get one. Oh, well, if you're going to You get, get one. I just oh, said the best. Okay. Best imperial stout... Flying Monkeys Invictus. It's 18.4% beer. Uh, it's triple barreled. Heaven Hill, Jim Beam, Buffalo Trace. And what I love what the Canadians do with that, they do not blend their ears. Okay. And it's, if you get a 15, it's three barrels from 2015. That batch in those barrels moved, moved, moved into your glass. And 18.4 is the best cigar beer I've ever had. Okay. Hands down. Mine is going to be on tap, uh, Great Lakes Barrel Age Stop. 
That's fair. Blackout stuff. That's fair. I'm I'm on on tap. Completely different gear over in the bottle. Uh, Let's go ahead. We'll go best IPA. IPA, not not Imperial IPA. 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 If I'm if I'm gonna, man. This is hard. This is hard because I will tell you this. We've got three or four guys locally that are putting out some stupid baseline IPAs. So I I hate to even step outside of our local on this because not to be. Even though my last name's Homer. I don't want to be a Homer. This is where he's real and trying to be, you know, politically correct (laughs) on this and not offend anyone because I put him on the spot. I think everyone sitting out there can agree because this is going on his channel. What is the best IPA you've had? Um, you get one I, choice. You don't get to talk I've, around. So I've got, I gotta say, my, my buddy Ken. It's listening out in Philly. When I went to visit him, we went to Monk's Cafe, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a beer bible. They got a great place, a phenomenal place. They layers of it. Um, I did Hetty Topper. I did the Alchemist Hetty Topper. Okay. So that's yours. Slash. I've had Pliny the Elder. And Pliny's... See, I haven't had that one. Pliny's pretty amazing. Okay. Younger is boozier, and be honest, it loses something. Okay. Pliny the Elder is solid. It's between Alchemist or Pliny the Elder. Both of those beers are... One, they're, they're true West Coast IPAs. Okay. Even though they're brewed... One's brewed on the East Coast. The hop base is West Coast. And, man, you're talking like literally 1A, 1B. Okay. I mean, they're right beside each other. Okay, so mine is going to be... On tap, Stone Arrogant Bastard before mass production. So this is when you can only actually get that in when you can get it on tap and not in a bottle. So that, that's going to be my top-notch one there. That was a hell of a beer. Here's the thing, guys. When I, when, when I say I did this before it was cool, this is stuff you guys are never going to have. So it's, to be at this, it, it's different. Uh, let's go ahead and say... What is the rarest bottle of beer you've ever had? That's any hands down. I already know. I can answer for him. Well, I'm going to say. I can probably answer for him. Uh, well, if you got, if you, <laughs> and I'm not even going to answer, but I can tell you right now, I, I had exclusive privileges to have um, Bourbon County Stout on tap in a pint glass. So any of you guys out there listening, you probably can't get it in a pint glass. All right. So that, 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 that's put that, that's close. I was <laughs> I was actually going to put a beer that you gave me okay. a while ago. Okay. We shared the Panapot. Oh, crap. I forgot about that. That was actually. Oh, <laughs> man. Now, now the next beer that I was going to call out there. So if you haven't had Panapot, so it's go phenomenal. ahead and go there. Okay. It's, so, it's either that. And I still have the one that was the negotiation that we had for oh, you still that got 99. It. Okay. I got a 99 JW Lee thanks to this man right here. I'm holding it for an anniversary because my wife does not appreciate a barley wine. Okay. And most people don't. I mean, they really don't. But, man, that was the year. So I'm, I'm paying, pay, pacing myself. That was the year I graduated <laughs> high school. So, was, so what's the rarest you've had then? Like rarest bottle of beer, hands down. Like, it, it's something that, like, you'd have to go to an auction block or something to pay for. Oh, I know man. what mine is. I mean, that, that Panapot's right up there. I mean, it's okay. it's, it's up there. See, and here's what's crazy, guys, is 
Panapot to me used to be easily accessible. Wait, was it the oak version one I brought in? Yeah. Okay, so that one still was easily accessible to me, and now now it's just not. It's just not brought in the states anymore. Yep. I mean, uh, the JW Lees are getting hard to get to. I mean, they're really getting hard because they're just not brewing them. Okay. Um. So you're gonna go Panapot. Probably. My rarest bottle that I've ever had is Barrel Age Speedway Stop. Ooh. Which barrel? It was on the bottle. I don't oh, know. Yeah. It was written on it, but no, it was just it was just a regular bourbon barrel. Okay. Yeah, but it was written on the bottle. Um, and, and we already kind of ruined it. Uh, best Belgian quad you've ever had. <sighs> I mean, there's so many sentimental. See, he just said it now. Well, pan, pan, really pan, 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 pan a pot, but I, 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 I get it. I, I'm, I'm a Castile guy. Yeah. I'm a Castile guy, though. I love Castile. My, you're looking at this place right here is Casa Castile. Okay. I mean, and, and, and I'm the two buddies I played football with in college, we had it on draft as 23-year-old kids. Okay. Literally bush light, like you were saying, mm -hmm. into the rugby coach going, not tonight, boys. You're getting an experience. And hand us three snifters. And he said, did you walk over? And it's like, yeah, well, then you can get a water and a fourth. <laughs> yeah, because gotcha. I knew you walked over. Yeah. right at the co the college is right across the street. Out of body experience, the Belgian Donker. Out of there's Belgian chocolate malt. I mean, it's just, oh man, they're Belgians are so. You're talking, man. There's there's Saint Fluen. I mean, there's so many good beers. So what's the best one you had? I know, man. It's an easy you're question, man. Me. Mine's. Can I do? Can I do? Okay, a, can I do? A, can I do a triple? No, because it's Belgian quad. I have a good 12 triple. No, you got yeah. quad. Quad, probably the Panapot. Yeah, I'd okay. have to say. Yeah, I'd have I, to, I, I would agree there. You. That's mine. And then the last question, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. And what is, if you could pick any American macro to have for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Wow. Man, that's a good one. Um... <laughs> This is where most people say they're like, oh, I would have any of them and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a hater. I, everybody that's in the beer industry, you know, we all love beer. So there's there's some form of that. American macro. Well, if, if we consider this macro, because I know they're going back to the smaller ways that they used to pre-prohibition, probably Paps. Paps? Okay. I can go ahead and go. I can see that. Paps is quality beer. Um, if I were to actually pick mine, because it's a macro, I'm going to go ahead and go Samuel Adams Boston Lager is what I would go ahead and pick. Because that's, one, that's one, a yeah, trick. It's a trick. No, it's the same set of rules we're playing on. So I can still have a mild beer with flavor, color, everything there too at an affordable price. So if I were to have something forever, that's what I would go ahead and pick because that would be the end of that pretty much. Any notes wrapping up here because we're going on 27 minutes right now. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, thank you again. Thank you for continued listenership. I appreciate it. And Joe, being a guest, uh, coming, coming on, let me come on to your podcast. Hopefully we'll do this again soon. And uh, like I said, keep listening and make sure you reach out to us. Uh, 330-787-9799. We are doing uh, the beers for the next podcast so if you want to drink with me while i'm doing it reach out to the staff here we'll gladly do it 
If you're in Ohio, I can't ship it anywhere else. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. And I'm Joe Vittorio with the Hammer Time Podcast. My uh, podcast, I'm, I'm not even going to put it in here because it's going to be on his podcast. But if you listen to mine, check me out. H-A-M-M-R Time. H-A-M-M-R Time Podcast. Uh, mine's more geared toward politics. We appreciate you guys listening. Have a great and a safe one out there.